Good evening, everyone. Welcome to our take on it. It's your girl, Deborah and Jackie, and we're in the studio once again to give you another interesting topic. And today's discussion is going to be religion versus spirituality. How about that one, Jack? I like it, Deb. You like it? Mm -hmm. All right. So then in that case, let me get right into the definitions of religion versus spirituality. Now, religion is a particular system of faith and worship. You know, and you know what that is, the yeah. Pentecostal, the Adventist, the, you know, Muslims, all these church, Hindus. right? Right. Yeah. Those are just, those are just religions, religious system. Absolutely. Spirit, now, spirituality involves the recognition of a feeling or sense of belief that there is something greater than myself. It's like an opening of the heart. It's, it's an, it's an essential aspect to to true spirituality. Yeah, it's a manifestation of something right. that is very real and that you live, you right. know, a set of principles that you live every day that are at the cornerstone of the values that you espouse. So, Correct. I mean, that's that's a really good definition, you know, to make it real for most people. So, Jack, yes. what does religion and spirituality means to you? Well, I think, first of all, that we should kind of divide this discussion and make it interesting from the standpoint that we both give our own perspectives. Okay. Now, I know for you, you have been on a journey uh, for a long time. You have been much more religious, so to speak, than I have been. You were brought up uh, with, you know, um, religion in your, your family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, your grandparents in particular, you know, they indoctrinated you into a value system which you have carried forward as mm -hmm. an adult. But... I think for you now, you're on a different kind of journey. You know, I am. Religion is much more personalized to you, you know, and you have found a way to bring it into your life in kind of a unique way that, that not only makes you more knowledgeable, but it makes you very, very committed to, to what yes. you believe. Yes. So how would you describe what, what, what you, um, how you live your life right now, you know, based on, on what religion means to you and, and how spiritual you have become? Okay. So as you know, um, Everyone is born into religion, as you say, right? Because everybody gets baptized or christened into a faith, right. whether it's Catholic or Anglican. So I was christened into an Anglican faith, but I never really, really ever go to that sort of mask or anything like that, that they have. Right. Yeah. And then as I get older and I was 13, I got baptized into Nazarene. Church of Nazarene. And again, um, being young at 13, don't know much about Christianity, don't know much about God, don't really have good leaders in religion to guide me on that path, I fell off. Yeah. And so I started doing my own thing. So I didn't have religion or spirituality in my life at that time. Yeah. And then when I uh, came to Canada, um, I started church again. And that was just, I was just a church goer. I, there was not, much of a spirituality in my life. And I'm going to say this because it, it was real for me when I realized the difference between religion and spirituality. And so I actually became spiritual in 2015 after my car accident. And when my car accident happened and I woke up in that hospital bed 
and I looked at my phone. That was the first thing I looked at my phone. And there was this scripture on my phone when God's, when, when God word said to me, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And that was John 15, 16. You did not choose me. I chose you that you will bear fruits in my name. Wow. And I began to wept. I wept like a baby for hours in that bed because I couldn't believe what I was reading. I went home and I was shaking. I was scared. I was like, what does that mean? What does that mean? And then I start feeling guilty. This, 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 this heaviness of guilt came over me. Like I feel so guilty because he said, look at you. I chose you and you didn't even choose me. I chose you to live today. You could have died in that car accident, but I chose to let you live. Meanwhile, you were living your life. You didn't even look at me. You didn't even choose me. And I felt so ashamed and so hurt that I said to myself, no, I, I gotta, I gotta do right by God. I gotta do something different. This is not the life he expects me to live. That's not the life he chose for me. That's not what he desires for me. So why do I desire this life that does not bring me anything good versus something that, I mean, I could have died how do I get out of an accident with no broken bones, no broken, you know, body parts, just scratch on my face? How do I get away? Like everybody was amazed that I walk out of that accident alive. Yes. And you saw it. And so when I discovered that, it was like, okay. So I went, just when I went to Christian fellowship, right? And I rebirth myself. I said, okay, this is it. I'm going to that direction. And I've been going through that direction ever since and no turning back. Now, although I have gone through many different religion and that's what it was just religion, my spirituality kicked in when I start reading the word of God, when I start manifesting the word of God in my life, when I start spending time with God, when I start living by the way he expects me to live when I start doing the things that he expects me to do is when I realize okay this is more for me of a spirituality than it is religion because because I am the church yep I am the church his word is life this is the bread of life and this is what I need that's when he says you know man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God and when he said that this is salvation right here I can't save myself. My pastor can't save me. My church sisters and my brothers can't save me because they don't do the work for me. On that day of judgment, I have to stand on my own and speak as to what I've done in my life and why I've done it. And nobody's there to back me up. I don't have a plan B then. Yep. No, it's very true. So, so you have so, literally come alive and you would say that there was a life experience that brought about a significant change in your spirituality and, and redefined the direction of how you actually, you know, saw yourself. So this has been a personal journey for you. And it was a journey that didn't really come to the forefront just by sitting in a church pew and listening to somebody preach. You had to read the word of God yourself. I had to. That, that was a basis for beginning the process, but it certainly hasn't enriched you the way reading the word of God has. It has. And, and, and the thing is, when I start reading the word of God, it start breaking down my expectations of what it should be like you know it started up by mapping my spiritual growth you know hearing learning and following because becoming spiritual is, is it's a gradual thing 
You know, it's not instant. No, it isn't. It, it, it becomes a gradual thing, you know, and it's shown by what we do and don't do. You know, time alone with God is important to understand the process of spiritual growth. You have to spend time with God. Yep. If you don't spend that time with God, you will not. It's just like being in a relationship with your husband. How could you say this is your husband that you love, but you don't spend time with him? You don't show him that you love him. You don't do anything that reflects goodness as a wife. Yeah. So it's the same thing when you with, when you believe in God and you decide to join hands with him. It's like a marriage. You have to be committed. I'm not saying there's a difference between being perfect and becoming holy. Yep. You know, I am not perfect. I can only become holy. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And so once well, you go through that transition, it's, it's not about perfection. No. It's it's just about living by a certain set of principles, having a certain standard and giving your best. That's what it's about. Exactly. And it's also about, you know, it's not about becoming perfect so you don't sin. Or it's, looking it, down on others who right. may be doing things that you don't that you find objectionable. Right. Nobody wants to go around and be the world's police officer no. and condemn other people. No. You don't want to do that. This is about your journey and what people will see when they see you and they may approach you and say, what is it about you? Why you have a certain peace, mm -hmm. you have a certain composure. Are you doing something that maybe I could learn from? And people have come and approached you yeah. and found out, you know, wanted to find out more about your experiences and, you know, what you could perhaps suggest in guiding them along a similar path. Yeah. And ever since like, and, and, and of course this, this podcast give that this platform that we created has given the opportunity for other people to listen to what we do. And they would, uh, you know, inbox me and said, Hey, can you do some Bible study with me? And I am always so grateful to take people on because I'm never too busy to share the word of God. Yeah. You know, there's power in the word of God and those who believe it, who believe in it shall be saved. And so my job right now is to do the work that he expects me to do, you know, and, and that's just that, you know, and for me, uh, let, let's go to my end of the equation yes. now and kind of see what my journey has been and how it differs so much from Deb's. And, and let's start out by saying that for me in, in my home, I would, I would say in a, in a really unusual way that my parents are spiritual, but I always found growing up that they kind of kept that spirituality to themselves. They would send my sister and I to schools that gave us the philosophy that we wanted, like the mm -hmm. Catholic schools and things like that. But sadly, I think this is a very poor way for children to be enriched about religious principles. I really didn't learn very much. I mean, I wore the traditional uniforms, but as you say, I wasn't really committed to anything in a studious way about knowing that much about religion. So I wouldn't say I really held true to any set of values. And in university, probably even less so. Mm -hmm. So that, that definitely wasn't a guiding force for me. But uh, other than going to church on Christmas and maybe Christmas Eve and um, Easter, mm -hmm. I really had very little religion in my life, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, yeah. Now, my father meditated every day. He was very committed. Every morning he would be on his knees, have his Bible out. And, you know, and I, I could see that how that centered him and gave him focus in his life. But I never did any such thing. And And as you say, I basically lived my life in a somewhat reckless and self-indulgent kind of way. I really thought that I know, knew everything that needed to be uh, known. And I was basically on my own, the type of person who was a good thinker and I could manage my affairs the way I wanted to. 
until I kind of ran astray because I think I had a little bit of personal issues with, you know, different members of my family. There was tensions and conflicts. And I became the type of person that rather than confront things directly or maybe even pursue a spiritual path, I became, I was looking for escape routes. And mm -hmm. one of my escape areas was shopping. I think that's what I did when I would get angry or I would get into an argument or a discussion with someone or someone said something that I didn't want to hear. I kind of escaped. And this is sort of how you and I kind of made our connection as yeah. friends. And basically what happened is uh, I would do a lot of shopping in a store where you were a manager. <laughs> and I mean, a lot of shopping, like yeah. literally Every 50, day. 50 to 100 charges a month, you know, and, and we would just come in and have a conversation and chit chat casually. But, you know, we were uh, just basically acquaintances. You had your job in a supervisory mm -hmm. capacity and I would come in, look around and always find something to buy. Mm -hmm. And this became a bit obsessive for me in the sense that it wasn't just your store. I would traverse through the malls. I picked up additional credit that gave me more opportunities to spend more money and on and on it went. And I think out of the blue, you said to me one day, Jackie, I think you need more God in your life. You actually used that phrase. And I was like, yeah. what? And I didn't really get it. And you said, yeah, I'd like you to come to a connection group at my church. And I did. And it was just a small, intimate group of people. We had uh, pizza and, you know, Popeye's chicken. And yeah. <laughs> we all sat around. And, and it was a very nice experience. You know, it wasn't uh, over my head. You know, I wasn't kind of, you know, being put on the spot to, to read a lot of material that I wasn't familiar with. It was low key. It was comfortable. And as a result of that, I started to go to church regularly. Yeah. So I became a little different than Deb in the sense that Deb's schedule is very hectic. And she does not necessarily go to the actual church service as much as she used to. Mm -hmm. But she does more reading of the Bible and she does more intimate study and analysis of it than I could possibly do. But, you know, on my own journey, I thought it was best for me to start in a church because I needed the reinforcement of other people yeah. to keep me going on my journey. So this is what and I, I did. Encouraged that. <laughs> and, and you said, yeah, I think that's a good idea because you don't really have that much of a foundation. And if you don't get support from other people, you're going to walk away from this that's fairly right. quickly. So I started to attend church regularly and I actually was uh, baptized mm -hmm. through my church. And I started to get involved in different alpha groups and all yeah. kinds of things. And it is amazing. And it I have gave to be, you a sense of purpose. It really has given me a sense of purpose. And it has totally changed so many aspects of my personality. It has made me, dare I say, much more responsible, mm -hmm. less selfish, somebody who really knows what it means to be sacrificial and to be a giver, because mm -hmm. I do have to give back to my family in a very unique way where my presence is needed at this time in my life. And I make sacrifices there. But most importantly, I have just decided that even when I go to church and I listen to a message, I go back home and I look through the Bible and I review what was said so that I keep it in my mind. And I'm on a journey. Now I'm not nearly as, uh, seasoned as Deb is, and I don't know all the fundamental principles that she knows, but I am learning so much. And I'm mm -hmm. actually very proud of myself that I have maintained, you know, a consistent pathway that's leading me in the direction of deeper and deeper spiritual growth. Mm -hmm. So I think that is, is really the difference, you know, 
uh, between how Deb and I have approached this journey. But I think together we are feeding off of one another in such a way that we're both growing a lot. And, you know, I have seen a lot of improvement in different areas of my life. I've seen it financially. I've seen it spiritually. I've seen it in my family relationships. Mm -hmm. Without going into too much detail, uh, my sister and I, who used to be somewhat estranged and, and kind of uh, combative in our relationship, yeah. <laughs> we have become much more civil mm -hmm. and mu much more respectful of each other in our different positions in life. And that's been an amazing thing. Um, you know, uh, as my parents get older, I'm learning to appreciate what it means to have older parents and be able to still live my life, but help them as much as I can. So I have grown so much and I'm very, very proud of myself in that. And I think this is why I would agree with Deb that religion is a faith that people belong to, but in a way, it's kind of a cold way to look at your knowledge of God, unless you take it into yourself internally mm -hmm. and you go on a spiritual journey so that you can grow and develop and learn everything that makes you more Christ-like in the way that you live your life. And also, you know, just to, um, just to go on the topic of religion, you know, in today's society, we find a lot of prosperity preachers um, happening around and we're not gonna sit here and criticize particular churches as yeah. to whether they are true foundation of god or they're not like each to their own right yes but at the same time at the same time i love matthew 21 uh 18 is that right it's 19, 19. yeah yeah and this is about the fig tree and he noticed a fig tree besides the road he went over to see if there were any figs but there were only leaves then he said to it May you never bear fruit again. And immediately the fig tree uh, withered up. And basically, you know, why did Jesus curse the fig tree? This was not a thought out anger. You know, it was just a parable he was using. Yes. You know what I mean? So Jesus was showing his anger at religion without substance. Because there is so much religion out there that has zero substance. Yep. It's just all about how to collect your money and send you away with an empty, crippled, broken heart still. Yeah. You're still not holding the spirit of God. You came in the same way and you left the same way. There was no transformation made. There was no connection made. Especially with these big churches, I find there's lack of connection. Because when the preacher is so far away from the, from the audience, like, who are you going to be reaching? Yeah, And true. everything now is by what? Uh, email or telephone? No. Uh, how about a face-to-face? -face? How about you you, you, you meet your, your members? How often do um, church leaders meet up with their members? How often? Very rarely. Very rarely, right? So Jesus was saying, these are religion without substance. Just as the fig tree looked good from a distance but was fruitless on close examination. So the temple looked impressive at first glance, but its sacrifices and other activities were hollow because they were not done to worship God sincerely. Right. So if you only appear to have faith without putting it to work in your life, you are like that fig tree that withered and died because you bear no fruit. Genuine faith means bear fruit for God's kingdom. And that's what that is. Yes, it means obedience That's where to God. spirituality comes yep, in. That's true. You have to be that beacon. 
You do. You it. have to be that light. And you can't be afraid to, no. uh, to acknowledge that you are a religious person and a person where spirituality means a lot in your life. You can't be afraid to admit that to people. You should wear that on your sleeve. It's a badge of honor, a position of integrity. And that's what's missing in this world today. Mm -hmm. Most people don't even keep their word. Most people, uh, they, they just, they do everything uh, without any real commitment, you know, to it. And I think that that is just showing the disintegration of the value systems that we should be operating by. And I think becoming more spiritual is a wonderful thing because it gives you a sense of strength. It also shows you that social justice is an extension of the Christian faith. Mm -hmm. Okay. God is God and we are not, you know, we get in God's way so much, you know, and, and every day I'm living in amazement at what God does and how much he cares for us and how he wants to show up in his life. He's in all the details. He's in our every day. He's in every season. He's in every pandemic. God is here and he shows up for us. And the more we internalize our commitment to him by being as spiritual as we can be to the depths of our soul is the more we reap the tremendous benefits of that blessing in our lives. Amen. And you know, let's read Matthew 5, 13 to 20. I love this scripture. It says, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Amen. Don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the written ones of the prophet. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth until heaven and earth disappear. Not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's law and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So what Jesus was saying is that listeners need a different kind of religious uh, of righteousness uh, altogether. Yeah. You know, out of the love of God, not just the more intense version of the Pharisees' obedience, you know, which was mere legal compliance. Our righteousness must, and I say the following, our righteousness must be one, comes from God, what, what comes from God, sorry, our righteousness must come what God does in us, not what we can do for ourselves. Be God-centered, not self-centered. Be based on reverence for God, not approval from people. And go beyond keeping the law to live by the principles behind the law. And we should, we should be just as concerned about our attitude that people don't see right oh. as about 
our action that they seen by all. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's so, there's so much you could say about that. And that is, who are you when nobody is looking? Yeah. You know, who are you when nobody's looking? Yeah. That is the real you that comes out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's so much of that. And, and these days, so much integrity is missing in people's behavior. And there's so much strife in people's life, you know, in their families, in their friends, in their business connections, in their associations. There's so much of this. So as a result, people don't keep their word. They make promises. They don't keep them. You know, uh, people will lie at the drop of a hat. Mm -hmm. You know, people basically, uh, they don't honor the things that they should honor. And they, you know, it, everything is kind of messed up. And sadly, even among people who call themselves Christians, they are the poorest example. Mm -hmm. You know, they're the ones with the bumper sticker on the car that says, I'm a Christian. And they'll cut you off in traffic and curse you. You know what I mean? These are the people. So, I mean, there's so much missing. So this is why this personal relationship where you read the word, you learn obedience to the word, you let it transform you. You become more Christ-like in your compassion for others in the way that you live. So it's, it's not based on, on trying to create an image or just trying to, to look good or, or, you know, to present yourself a certain way. About, it's about living this reality every day, making it who you are. And that's really why spirituality is so enriching and why religion is just maybe a more cold, foundational, structural way it's a building of looking that, at it. It's a yes. building that people hide behind. Yes. It's a building that people hide behind because once you remove yourself from religion, right, you know, people will recognize the change God has made in you once oh, you put that best foot forward. They will. They will recognize it because, you know, you can't, and you can't separate spiritual life from the rest of life. Like you just can't do it. Yeah. You know, because again, no one is perfect. You know, the difference between committing a sin and remaining in sin is two different things. Very. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. because we're all prone to be sinful. We can commit a sin, but do we want to remain in that sin? So let's say. If I cheated, do I want to remain a cheater? If I'm a, if I kill, do I want to be known as a murderer? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's true. So you have to pick your poison. Yep. You have to pick your poison. And that's why for me, spirituality outweigh religion. Yeah, because your whole spirit changes with God Deb. Yeah. In your spirit, you are literally raised from the dead. You yeah. know, what you were, what, what areas of your life were dead and not bearing any fruit, they can all of a sudden be transformed. You become a new person. You are a new creation. Yeah. And this is why it's so important for everybody on their own terms to make the decision to have this journey be a part of their life. And while you become spiritual, you know, God's pruning strengthens us. Yes, definitely. It strengthens us so much. Like I did not know that you can get so much strength from really relying on the source of God. Oh, just, just rely, just knowing that everything in his word is truth. Mm -hmm. There is no lie to any of this word in this Bible. No. Everything is true. Man shall not live by bread alone. But by and every if he word says that, that proceeds from the mouth of God. And you know what? Yep. You really have to ask God for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of his word to understand his word, to break down his word so that it, it can become a live organism in your life. Yeah. Because when you read it, you might be like, what is this? I don't understand it. And this is why you feel like you need religion to explain this to you. Yeah. Right? And, that, and there's nothing wrong with that. 
there are some men of God that are real men of God. They were telling, I was watching this video the other day and they were showing the difference between a man of God and a Christian person. See, a man of God knows God. A Christian person only talks about God, you know? So there's a difference. So you have to identify within your religion who the true, real God person functioning people are and stick around those people because iron shopping at iron right? And raise yourself up to be an army. And then, you know, I'm not saying separate yourself, but those ones that you see who are weak in their faith in religion, you can step in and don't be afraid to say, God will provide you. Just pray for them and ask God, how do I reach these people? How do I? And, and that's why I said, Jackie, when it comes to religion and you are a head or a leader in a religious church, you need to meet people where they're at because there are people from all walks of life, from different circumstances, different experiences, different background, different culture, different situation, different ethnicity. And you can't use a cookie cutter recipe for everybody because everybody is not where they need to be in their faith. And that's why a real man of God need like we are like the 99 sheep and that one has gone astray. You have to be the pastor to bring that one home. Yep. And not because you have the 99 that is paying your tithes, you think you don't need that one. You still need that one because you are called to to, to, to help yep. bring people closer to God. Yep. And you don't want to be that person also while you're in religion trying to save soul while you are losing your soul. Yep. You know what I mean? Definitely. So yep. me as a person, I do more spirituality than I do religion. But do I... Do I do I abolish religion? No, I still need religion because that is sort of like the place where I go to worship. Yeah. So you got to pray. And most importantly, it's it's community. It, it is you're community. going to see other people. And that's yeah. a good experience. I mean, you, you obviously have your own personal relationship, which is fundamental. But it is nice to know other people who share your faith yes. and that you can discuss certain things with the exchange, the community I think is invaluable and you should check in there every now and then, uh, you know, depending on what your priorities are, but I do think it is still very important. And that's why the church always has relevance. It always. does. So what we're trying to say is <laughs> you can choose either to be religion or you can be spiritual either ways, or you can be both. You can be religion and spiritual. There's nothing wrong with that, you know, but just know that God loves you and he wants the best for you. And your job also is to help those who are not there yet in their faith to get to know God in that spiritual realm, in that spiritual light. Let them see who you are. Let your light shine so that they will see who God is because God is in all of us. Definitely. Well said. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this segment. I really did enjoy this segment because it is a strong part of our discussion in terms of faith and and, and in terms of, well, religion, faith, spirituality. You know, it, it's all yes, in and there. And giving our, giving our, our, our uh, listeners insight yes. into our perspective, our thought process, and the things that have come to mean so much in both our lives. Yes. So we thank you very much for listening. Thank you.